0: More
1: chance of finding new people, more chance of growing your audience, and just people getting into your ecosystem.
0: This is Three Marketers Walking with a Podcast, episode 33. You're listening to Three Marketers' Walk into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Well,
2: there's frost on the ground, the bells are jingling, and the Response Suite Christmas tree is up.
0: And it's even on brand. The baubles are blue and white and silver, <laughs> and it's all looking very lovely. And you look lovely with your beard, Robert. Thanks. <laughs> hey, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. From
2: a Response Suite. Welcome back to the Three Marketers' Walk into a Podcast, episode 33. And we're having a lovely time, aren't we? I can't believe we've made it this far. I know we've got thirty three friends we've managed to pull out to come and uh, <laughs> one per share episode, their that's all
0: we're trying to do, isn't it? One per episode. We've got a really great guest for you this week on the podcast, but before we get there, it's come to our attention that a great deal of our listeners are high ticket coaches and consultants and that kind of thing. Yeah.
2: So if you've got a kind of a high ticket coaching program or a high ticket service that you offer, you probably sell it by getting people to apply. They fill in some sort of application form uh, and then you get them on the phone and
0: sell it to them. And one of the things we've become kind of obsessed with here, obviously, is optimizing people's application forms so you can get more applications and of course, turn more of those applicants themselves into customers of your high ticket programs. That's right. I mean, response rate
2: is perfect for building those high ticket application forms. And over the last few years, we've worked with loads of clients, even before we had response week, on optimizing the perfect response uh, application forms.
0: Yeah, we have, so what we decided to do is distill down the biggest lessons on how to actually lay out and um, exact questions to ask to get more people to complete your application forms, and of course, then turn more of those applicants themselves into high ticket coaching customers' money. Money's, right? So uh, we put all that together into what we call the perfect application form. And we've put it all together for you, explained all the psychology and all the salesmanship that goes behind all of that. And we've put it over at perfectapplicationform.com where you can download it right now. How much is it
2: again? How much is it? It's free. It's
0: free. Oh, that's right. It's
2: free. It's free. 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 Yes.
0: So you can go and download the perfect application form at perfectapplicationform.com. I'm pleased that URL was available, aren't you? (laughs) Otherwise, who knows what it would be called strawberriesandcheese.com dot com um, and but it's not there
2: at all perfectapplicationform.com. Do you mention it was free?
0: It is completely free. So you can go and use all the lessons in that to get more applications. We've said it. You, you, get, you get the point. So if you are a coach or consultant right now and you want to up your game a bit, get a few more applications, get a lot more applications, or if you're thinking about entering the area of high-ticket consulting or coaching, then uh, maybe you want to set things out from the from the get-go and get things right. If you're you. not a high-ticket coaching consultant, which website shouldn't you go to? You should not go to perfectapplicationform.com. That's right. That's right. For the free... <laughs> <laughs> perfect application. For anyway, I think, we've, rubbed this I think we've been uh, drinking too much of that mulled wine, haven't this we? This week we're chatting about content stacking. Ooh, uh, ooh, uh. Yes, we are. And it's you know one of the things about content is how do you put it about the place? Who, who do you share it with? It's all very difficult. So we're going to talk to Colin Grace. We'll talk to Colin. We'll talk to Colin. Colin, welcome to Three Marketers Walk into a Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so excited to have you here. So we want to talk to you about, of all things, content, of course. Everybody's mm-hmm. pushing content out. Content is the king and queen of the world. But I think the big big question a lot of people have when they're certainly starting out with a content marketing thing is, how do you actually decide what content you should be creating and actually what your audiences want in the first place?
1: It's funny because I've done something very recently in this, in one of our courses around around question research, and it's something we do a lot. And I've spent a lot of time in the last um, couple of weeks actually doing our question research for the coming quarter. And for me, it's just about it's just about surfacing those most commonly asked questions in your area. Um, and you'll know a lot of those just from talking to your customers. It's just about you know hearing those people asking, like logging it, being aware of it. See, as soon as you start to think. But what am I asked on a daily basis? You start to notice them pop up and up and up. But there are, there's a lot of tools that we use for it as well. Have you guys come across um, Answer the Public, for example?
0: Mm, yeah, great. Yeah,
1: that's when it comes up a lot, actually. Go to Answer the Public, type in your keyword. So if I type in podcasting there, uh, there's stuff comes up. Tons and tons of questions uh, comes up for that. And it shows you basically the stuff that people are searching for around that topic mm-hmm. uh, and it breaks it down into what questions why questions how questions and you can really start to narrow down onto the questions that people ask most often um, other ones we use are quora for example type your mm-hmm. keyword into quora is a great one twitter twitter is a nice one actually i often use twitter in terms of putting in our keyword podcasting and then a plus sign and then a question mark and that actually surfaces any questions that have recently come up on twitter with your topic title in it so there's a few that we used to get started certainly.
0: so question for you on that Colin because I'm always very conscious that uh, my market might be asking different questions to your market for example if I was an, if I was a, if we were an enterprise level saAS company versus yeah. a saAS company that is more sort of buy it on the internet buy it and off you go sort of recurring without the enterprise or consultative sell bit finding yes. the correct questions that your market are actually asking now that there's a bit that's a bit more nuanced isn't it
1: yeah, and I think, I mean, the way that I, the way that we certainly do that is delving into um, the audience we already have. So, for example, something that gets us the most questions from our direct customers, it really shows us what our direct customers right now are asking, which I assume, I'm guessing, I'm hoping, extrapolates into potential customers as, as well, mm-hmm. is actually to make sure that in our welcome to our email, Uh, our email sequence for example I've got about 10 emails that go out within the first uh, couple of weeks of people signing up for our email list and then one of them about the third into the sequence says just simply what are you struggling with right now that is it that's the only thing that's in the email we get answers to that question uh, probably five to ten a day (laughs) coming through it's ridiculous how many answers we get to that because it's such a simple thing but that is coming from existing customers, people who are really interested in what we do. And that really that raises so many ideas for content. So and many- what's really
0: nice about that is you're not, getting, you're not just getting those sort of idle questions from people who are never going to buy your, your stuff and the people who have the mindset of, uh, I don't know, a scarcity mindset or something like that. These yes. are from people who are highly qualified because not only do they want what you've got, but they've been willing to put their hand in their pocket take out their credit card and actually pay for that solution. So they're, they're really, really highly qualified. One of the Absolutely. things...
2: One of the things we really want to focus on is sort of how content works across multiple different platforms and how it can be repurposed and stuff. So let's talk about how do you actually schedule your content in terms of how many posts do you post up and, and where are they going to go? How how often and you know yeah. what, what platforms should you be using?
1: Yeah, I can tell you exactly how we do it. Certainly, we schedule fa- three po- uh, sorry three blog posts per week that's what we aim for just now Uh, it tends to be that um, I'll write one Matthew my colleague will write one we have a guest post once a week as well so that's the three main ones covered and that tends to be the starting point for us on top of that we've also got the podcasting so we're a podcast company but we're not podcasting every single week because we tend to do podcasting as a, a seasonal thing so we do podcraft for example is our, our main podcast about podcasting and we put out a season of that at a time so it tends to be somewhere around two to three months worth of content say eight to 12 episodes for a season and we'll create that as a batch uh, and then put it out over those two or three months so that's three or four times a year for example we've got a weekly podcast episode going out as well and beyond that really I try to do at least one video per week as well and I'll often base those videos on our blog posts as well so we'll take maybe a highlight from one of the blog posts and put that up as a quick tip in a video our blog posts are always quite um, long form so I'll take one aspect of that blog post repurpose that into a video idea record that and often as well when we're on our podcast seasons I'll take a highlight from a podcast episode so we'll record an episode around a particular topic, it'll maybe be 20 minutes long, for example, and then I'll take maybe 60 seconds or two minutes worth from that, because we'll record that on video as well, we'll take that short chunk, which is maybe an actionable uh, tip, maybe a, a task that somebody can do, something that stood out as an individual segment, and we'll repost that to YouTube. So that's, that's kind of a general idea of how we tend to repurpose and schedule our stuff.
0: That's really great. So how many of these platforms should you actually be using to share your content? Like, and... In- how do you identify which of those ones your actual audience are using?
1: I mean, I I do tend to go for a few higher quality things. Uh, like I said, I, I did mention there that we we're doing blogging, podcasting and video, but it's also closely tied together, I think. like We concentrate really on, the, we concentrate on the topic. It's the question, it's like you said earlier, we figure out a good question, and we see which platform that's gonna suit best. If it's a really short, sharp answer, that tends to work well on YouTube. If it's something we want to go really deep on, that suits a podcast, and then we'll repurpose from there. So if it's going deep, we do the podcast, we repurpose to the blog or or, or video. If it's a video, maybe we'll just record a short video and we won't post anywhere else because actually a short sharp, you know, frequently asked question might not suit the blog or the podcast. So I do think there's no point in repurposing to places just for the sake of it. You really need to think smartly about which platform is more suited to this type of content and place it that way
2: very cool now we're going to come back to that in just a moment but first i want to quickly dive off and we're going to play our first little game of this episode of the podcast so it's very simple it's a true or false game so what we're going to do is we are going to give you three statements and then your job is to assess analyze do your detective work and guess whether you think they are true or not so true
0: Statement number one, 35%. 35% of marketers create at least one piece of content each day. False.
1: Because I think that's a a very high (laughs) amount of people doing one bit of content each day. I suspect most people don't manage that.
0: So you're actually half right. It is false, but it's actually 60% of... Of, of, yeah, of marketers creating one content a day. I know, it's amazing. Here's the next one. Almost
2: <laughs> 60% of marketers reuse and repurpose content between two and five times.
1: I think that's false as well, because I feel like that's quite a lot of people doing it
2: too.
0: Mm, that one is in fact true as well. I, okay. They're doing better. Your word about, about, uh, about repurposing content is being spread far and wide. Here's your third and final yeah. statement. See if we can uh, even it out because we've got one, one right answer, one wrong answer. 42% of customers wanted to see more video content from a brand or business that they support.
1: I think that's false because I think even more than that, I feel that people want more than that video
0: Double right. Bingo. Yeah. Well done. Yes, it is false. Actually, it's 54% of customers wanting to see more video content from brands and businesses that they yeah. trust. So back into it, uh, Colin. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about what your biggest tips are for somebody to quickly and
2: easily create content so it doesn't become a full-time job? Cause I know loads of people will look at this and they go, so I've got to write a blog post every week or two. I've got to find people to guest blog posts. I've got to write got at, got at least 800,000 tweets about it. I've got to do a tweet it. 22 million times a day. So yeah, yeah, how does how do we how does a you know a, a normal business owner maybe working on their own or in a small team create content that in, in a way that's quick and easy?
1: Yeah, I think I think a big part of it is about seeing it as uh, as a as the content idea which you then turn into other things. So we've talked a bit about this already, but I do see it as we do our question research, we come up with a question, so say it's. Uh, what's the best podcast microphone? That's when we get asked a lot. So I say, I take that as the question. I think, right, I want to go deep on this. So I do the podcast episode. Uh, and then from that podcast episode, I make the video and I make the, the blog post. So again, it's about really thinking of the content idea, not the result. The results come from the content idea. And if you come from just the content idea, plan that out, have a bullet points, a list of you know topics to cover in there. You can record it. I can put out a video from the recording. I can take the audio off, put the podcast out from the recording. I then create a blog post based on that. I can always write a blog post so quickly if I've just done a podcast recording on it. Because you've just spent you know, half an hour talking it through, processing it in your head. It, it tends to make it really easy to write something quite high quality and quickly if you do it that way, I find. Um, and then I think beyond that is leveraging the tools that are out there. I mean, this is partly why we created the tool that we've got, which is Alatu So Alatu is our podcast maker app. And it's designed to make it really easy to create a podcast, not thinking about really super high quality production, not doing loads of edits. It's about recording something simply and easily. Upload that, add your music to it simply, just process it. Don't worry about editing. Treat it as a one take process and put it out there into the world. And there's loads of other tools out like out there like that as well, like things that help you create videos really simply, um, things that help you edit your blog posts really easily like to cut down on that you know that kind of editing, proofreading time, that type of stuff. So I think partly it's about coming up with that content idea, repurposing that one thing, and then using tools as much as possible to make it simpler there.
2: I think there's something really nice about that, just to sort of pick up on that. If you think about doing a podcast episode, for example, and it might be 20 minutes, it might be half an hour, it might be two hours long, depending on how long your podcasts are. And if you think about that, in half an hour, there's definitely going to be maybe five, six, seven things that you could pull out and record a three-minute video just on that one little thing where you give your opinion and... That up there. You could probably put like one of those little memes together for each each of that as well. You know, that's, that's, that's things you could do there. Yeah, so it's it, I can definitely yeah. see why there's this like hierarchy of content where you've got like this it doesn't necessarily mean some content is more important than others, but in terms of amount of content, there's like a, an umbrella topic, and then you can pull stuff down from that to make blog yeah. posts, and then yeah. pull stuff down from that. So when you've videos.
0: got all these things on all these different platforms, I think what I was sort of thinking is should these things sort of link to one another? Like we know that for good search engine optimization and a good on-page time and stuff like that to make the good Google happy that we need to have internal links within the blog post. That's all grand and we, you know, that's a given pretty much for most of us. But should we also be linking out from our blog post to our YouTube video or should we embed it on there and should we go in from our, like, should all these bits of content be linking? How does that work? Or like, Should they be independently siloed with one sort of common drive?
1: No, I think I, so ideally for me, I think they all need to be part of a wider whole. So I could take that best podcast and microphones question. I will have one article on that, which is, you know, a thousand, two thousand words long, a big meaty article on that. I'll record a video of it. And you can see this, we've, we've done this for that question. I'll record a video on it as well that'll be embedded into the article. So we've got the full article, but we've also got a video that talks through the whole thing as well. That's on YouTube. The YouTube video links back to the article as well, because well, particularly there, people want to actually get links to the microphones, to the equipment, so that works too. And then we've got a podcast episode on this as well. That podcast episode is embedded into the article too. So we've got read a bit, then you've got watch a video on this, then read a bit, and then, oh, do you want to listen to the podcast episode on this too? And you can listen to it. So it's given people it in all the different forms you can, so that if they just feel like watching something quickly and easily, they can. If they feel like skimming through and getting all the resources, all the links, they can read the text. But if they feel like going, you know, walk with a dog for half an hour, they can listen to the whole thing as well. That's how I think it should be. You should be creating them all, but they all link together. Because they're all search engines too, aren't they? Like YouTube is a search engine, Google is a search engine to find the text, and iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify are search engines for the audio. So if you do manage to repurpose all three, more chance of finding new people more chance of growing your audience and just people getting into your ecosystem
2: that's really cool i mean we've had a we've had conversations with a past guest on this and also other people as well about in terms of obviously there's a couple of different places you can put your content you can put the content on the sort of the stuff that you own so your accounts and your blog and your social media but also of course there's lots of opportunities in this world of collaboration to be able to put your content on other people's platforms like their blogs and their youtube for example you're on
0: our podcast
2: yeah absolutely so how much kind of time and attention do you personally spend in your business on internal content that's just to your audience and it's on your platform rather and uh, as opposed to stuff you put on other people because it does seem like
0: everyone's got a different opinion on this
1: yeah yeah i have to admit i've gone through ups and downs on this i've gone through periods of doing of chasing a fair bit of guest posting and i've never found it's worked that well for us i've never got a lot of referrals from those posts and you can never quite measure it can you because it could just be a you know a brand equity brand recognition type benefit so even if they don't click through from the article I wrote from ProBlogger for example maybe they saw me there and then they searched for something a month later and they were like oh that's that guy I saw on ProBlogger so uh, we'll read that instead so there could be some trust factors but I have seen very little in terms of direct referral benefit from our guest posting activities. And all the benefit that we've had is from writing great content for our site. So I do feel like, if you're going to spend the time on it, maybe once in a while, do a guest post, but concentrate on your own stuff.
0: And that's just for the written person, isn't it? Obviously, you, you're seeing value in being a guest on other people's podcasts. That's why, you know, we're oh, speaking yes. to each other right now. So yes, it's not indeed. not just not just blogs, but podcasts. Are you finding that the podcasting things more beneficial or is that something you're currently experimenting with? Where are you on that journey?
1: Yeah, for the podcast interviews. I think podcast interviews for me are more worthwhile for a couple of things. Firstly, it's the networking Uh, aspect so getting to know people so getting to have a chat with you guys just now getting to know you a bit more Um, and I've done that with many people that I've then you know grown friendships with relationships with whatever it is over time so that's a big sort of secondary benefit to going on podcasts which make it worth the extra time I think also podcasts need less uh, less kind of exposure I think to be worthwhile that's why I love podcasting so much because They grow that connection, they grow the engagement that you have with the listener so much because they hear you, you know, they they hear the passion coming across in your voice, they hear much more of your personality than a post. Whereas if I just put, you know, an article on um, on like entrepreneur.com or whatever, they'll maybe take some points from it and they'll go, oh, that's useful, and then they'll go away again. They won't remember the person because it's really hard to get your personality across through the written world unless unless you're an epic writer but in a podcast you're much more memorable just because you're you you're much more unique in your voice and your personality your ethos all that kind of stuff that's why i think podcast interviews are more worthwhile because even if only 200 people listen to this that's 200 people who get to know me a lot more they're far more actionable than you know a random blog reader it's just you get much more conversion from a podcast listener than any other medium for me
2: that's really cool. Just to flip on that, obviously, you talked about having guest blog posts on your blog, so yourself and your colleague, and then, and then a guest yeah, blog yeah. post as well. Are you finding much benefit from that? Obviously, it's, it's a third piece of content every week, so you know, it's, it's yes. more content. It's a piece that you're not having to physically write yourself, not you yeah. You yeah. yeah. Are you finding much benefit in terms of, again, building relationships with other people and getting their audience? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, maybe that's not the right word for it. Actually, I when I said guest, I mean really people that we have on a regular basis. So we have a team of not a team exactly, but three, four, five people who write us a regular post once every month, for example. And it's not a guest post per se because we pay for it. We pay people to do these. I was about
0: to say, is that something you, you pay people to do, or is that a thing that? Yeah. You, yeah. Okay, that's interesting.
1: No, it's a, it's a paid thing, but there is a benefit in that. Um, at least two or three of them are well known in their own right. They have their own audience. So to see to have them being seen to be writing for us, to be appearing on our platform, is a credibility builder in the first place mm. with their audience. It has
0: intrinsic value, right there, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely, and they tend to share it with their audience as well because, you know, we all like making stuff, so we tend to share whatever we do, whatever we put it. So, yeah, I, I think it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile we paying for that content just for the content, but we do get a lot of extra benefits through their their own influence too.
2: Awesome. Now, we're going to roll into our second little game of the episode. This is the, uh, the favourite one. Uh, basically, here's what happens. Um, Only yeah, for some listeners. Yeah, my colleague Kennedy here hello that's him uh, he's gonna sing a song uh, but he's gonna sing it's a song that i think we'll all know but it's a song he's gonna sing it in the style of a traditional british club singer which means that some of the words are somewhat disguised and your job colin is to try and guess what you think this and and dear listener at home of course too uh, is to try and guess what song you think kennedy is singing so uh, i have chosen the song literally just a moment ago i've put the lyrics on the screen you know the tune
0: uh, yes, I have a little rehearsal while Colin was talking there, so I apologize. I'm gonna to have to listen back to this episode to find out the nuggets that he was just sharing with us because I did have to rehearse this one. You were channeling your inner that person, that person yes. Okay, cool, take it away. <laughs> a a in your head
2: now the funniest thing for me there was watching Colin's face because Colin's face went from oh this is funny to what the hell is this and then and then and then in the last sort of 10 seconds there was a look of oh hang on a minute uh, i think oh, I've, I've i have got, like... got to get i've got to, i think i've heard
1: it uh, it's definitely someone rocky I, I feel like the recognition part there was is this is this by meatloaf it sounded a bit like meatloaf that was I mean, a, that's just...
2: weird there was a moment where i heard it heard him sing a thing it's not by meatloaf but i heard him sing a thing and i instantly thought
0: oh that sounds like meatloaf it sounded like that out of
2: hell for a bit yeah yeah I yeah, I,
0: you know, yeah i do tend to try and channel my inner meatloaf whenever doing <laughs> covers of this person um so <laughs> we'll tell you who it was at the, we'll end, of the, was at the end of the episode <laughs> so <laughs> let's move into what we <laughs> love to refer to as the quick fire quickfire rap. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets do you mm-hmm. make sure you subscribe to the three marketers podcast now on your podcast player
2: number one a book that you recommend? I'm going to cheat
1: and do two here. I, one that I read recently was *Lost and Founder* by Rand Fishkin, mm-hmm. uh, of previously of uh, SEOmoz. Uh, just really good story of him running his company, the learnings, uh, the ups and downs of it. And the other one is something I love. Every everybody writes by Anne Hanley, mm,
0: which is I love this. Um,
1: yeah, even though even though we're a podcasting company, we still write a lot, and actually it helps you write better scripts for podcast as well just by writing more simply what? more clearly more easily <laughs> i
0: knew, <laughs> knew there's something there. <laughs> what's your top success habit perhaps something you do regularly daily or weekly
1: uh, i journal for my business so every monday morning i sit down and i write and maybe uh sort of spend 20 30 minutes writing what happened last week uh, what did i learn from that what do i want to achieve this week and then I write a wee task list based on that. And that helps me so much.
2: Number three, who do you look up to?
1: I, so I there's a couple of people I looked up, up to right now. People who are shouting down the sort of the bigger, faster, more money, more money sort of startup scene around funding. Um, one of them is uh, Jason Freed of 37 Signals, talking more about being sustainable, about bootstrapping. And the other one's Rand Fishkin again, actually, he's doing the same kind of thing. So anyone that's talking about that, I, I'm looking up to just now.
0: All right, so tell us some of your favorite apps, some things that you think are really cool and really effective right now.
1: I love, uh, my favorite right now is Notion. So Notion.so, which is basically a wiki but on steroids. And I've now started using that for all of our planning. So everything we do as a business is in there from podcast scripts to like financial
0: projections. It's great. Hmm. I love it. Important question for you. you Who do you like more, the red-haired Rob or the more fair-haired Kennedy?
1: they can't tell the difference. Can't
2: tell the
0: difference,
2: excellent. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Colin, where can people go to find out more about you?
1: Everything I do is over at thepodcasthost.com. So all our articles, podcasts, videos, everything. So yeah, it'd be great to
0: see you over there.
2: And of course, (laughs) we need to reveal the answer to the big conundrum, which was what was the song, What Kennedy Sang?
0: I think it was very obvious. Did you have any ideas at all? You thought it was a meatloaf song at I one point? I thought meatloaf, cro- yeah. uh, definitely Rocky, maybe Blue, Blue. Adam's Adams. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Must have been the tonality of the voice. It was, in fact, Bonnie Tyler, total eclipse of the heart. I mean, come
0: on. Oh, no again, again, no again. idea. I mean, you can just <laughs> it, you can hear it now, can't you? <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on Three Marketers Walk into a Podcast. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. So there you go. Really cool strategies that I think
2: somebody could really take to like jumpstart, kickstart their content marketing strategy or just streamline it if you've already got a content strategy. And
0: if you haven't got a content strategy, it's one of those where you can sort of get your ducks in a row. Because the problem is we're all told, You need to be putting content out there. You need to have a podcast and be blogging and doing all this stuff. And you need to figure out how they fit together. And some just really, really good takeaways there from Colin. If you haven't taken your own notes, don't you fear, dear listener, because you can find all the show notes that our Grace here in the office has put together for you exactly where,
2: Robert? Over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash
0: Now, I'd love to personally hear what your big takeaways are from this episode. So if you're listening to this either on our blog or on your favorite podcast player, head over and leave us a comment, a review, if you would. That tells us your big takeaway. And remember to include your name and your website. We'll give you a name check in the in the coming episodes.
2: Absolutely. You can also find us on all of the social medias as well. Just search for Response Suite and we shall pop up. And don't forget, if you are a high-ticket coach or consultant, or you're thinking about having a high-ticket coaching program, then you're probably going to want an application form that absolutely performs, that absolutely gets you great applicants. So you can download our template for this. Just head over to perfectapplicationform.com. And you can download ours completely for free. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week
0: don't miss a thing
2: check out the show notes at blog.responseweeds.com